that age of 72 has been pushed to 73. So for anybody who thought they were going to take an RMD this year because they were 72, you don't have to do that. Uh, you, you can wait until next year. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome in to My Retirement Clarity. Glad to have you on the show again today. He is Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor over at J.L. Perkins Wealth Management. And as you heard, we're talking all about Secure Act 2.0. Lee, I know this was something that I guess a lot of people probably didn't pay much attention to because it happened end of the year during the holidays. It's hard to kind of keep up with that news, but this is a big piece of legislation, right? Yeah, it really is. And when I heard first heard about some of these changes, first thing I want to do is sort of figure out why they were trying to do some of these things. I uh, read a bunch of articles, trying to figure out the why, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know what their motivation is and there, there's nothing that I can do to change it. So, so why try to figure that out? Just, you know, instead, I just want to see how, you know, I can help my clients benefit from, from some of these changes. So that's, you know, we'll talk about a few of them here today. Of course, not all of them, uh, but I, I think we got four or five of them that we'll touch on today. So it should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think there was over 90 provisions included in this. I don't know if you've looked through all of them or not yet, but. Yeah, when it first came out, I I got, I don't know, it, it was about a 40-page thing that somebody yeah. did to summarize things. And I read the whole thing. And huh. yeah, it, it became a little bit overwhelming. So yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, if you're looking for something in particular, you're going to have to put the old Google machine to work. Yeah, that's a good point is, is it is complicated and overwhelming. And, and that's even speaking as a financial advisor like Lee is. So you can't imagine as, you know, myself or just someone else that's trying to sort through all this stuff and figure out what exactly what it means and how it applies to our own situation, which is what we want to do today is kind of point out, you know, as you mentioned, four or five things that, that we think might impact, you know, a wide range of people. Like these are going to be the ones that will probably impact you or at least something you should be talking about with your advisor. There's more to this. There's more opportunities for planning that are within the Secure Act 2.0, but it's a great place to start. But again, remember, if you have questions and want to go through any of these situations or scenarios or opportunities for yourself, start with talkwithlee.com. You can schedule a meeting with Lee there. Again, talkwithlee.com. All right, let's uh, let's jump right in, Lee, because there's some good stuff to sort through here. And we got to think back to the Secure Act, the original one. So that was signed and passed in 2019, took effect in 2020, as we all know. COVID happened, so it didn't really get as much attention as it probably would have otherwise. But one of the big things there was the RMD age got pushed back. But here we are doing it again, huh? Yeah, and, and I still have people who call our office and reach out and and tell me they say, "Hey, Lee, I'm turning seventy and a half this year. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about RMDs." And I'm I'm like, "No, that, that it changed. It changed to to seventy two. So we've been sort of fighting uh, that that change since two thousand twenty, and so." You know, of course, uh, over the last two years, you didn't have to take your RMD until age 72. Uh, so now, you know, no longer have to worry about that half year. And I always found it weird that, you know, it was a half year because, you know, I hadn't kept up with a half birthday since I was probably seven or eight years old. But but anyway, so now that, that age of 72 has been pushed to 73. So for anybody who thought they were 
going to take an RMD this year because they were 72. You don't have to do that. Uh, you, you can wait until next year. So, you know, pretty simple change, right? <laughs> nope, not, not at all. Because in, in the very near future, they're, they're going to change it again. So for those of, of you who are born 1959 or later, your RMD age is going to be 75. So, you know, if you're like, you know, born in 1959 or later, don't even worry about remembering that 73 age because it's not going to apply to you. So anyway, 75 will be the age for those folks. But, you know, it is confusing, Ben. We try to keep our clients as, as updated as possible. You definitely don't want to miss your RMD. Uh, in, in the past, if you failed to, to take your RMD, there was a 50% penalty, one of the mm. largest penalties in, in the, the tax code. And one of the additional changes that with the new law, it reduces that penalty to now only 25%. Um, and you could probably even work that penalty down to 10%. If you correct the problem in a timely manner and then refile your taxes, they're actually pretty good at working with you on a late RMD if it was an honest mistake and you weren't trying to, to pull a fast one on the IRS. Uh, right. Again, I don't know the rationale behind the change uh, other than – you know, what what they say is they don't want to force people to take money from their accounts earlier because people are are living longer nowadays, and, and I do get that. But you know, one of the downsides is that by delaying the RMD, people are probably going to be forced to take a bigger withdrawal from from their account because you know, hopefully, it's had more time to grow, uh, and the RMD will be bigger, and this can you know this can trigger other taxes. But, you know, I guess if I'm trying to find a positive on the flip side, it does give you a little bit more time to convert your your qualified money over to a Roth IRA, uh, which if you do that, then your RMD would be a little bit less. So anyway, I think it's probably going to have a positive impact for some people and a negative impact for others. It really just depends on their situation. Yeah. And if you are worried about having a, you know, a bigger amount you have to pull out, you could still do some, some planning ahead of time, right? And start taking withdrawals earlier. You don't have to wait until this time. That, that is correct. You do not have to wait. You can start taking it out. Any, well, not any time, but you know, once you're over 59 and a half, uh, in an, in an IRA. Right. Um, so yeah, you don't, you don't have to wait till RMD age. You can take it out prior to that. And I'll tell you probably most of our clients, are setting up to where they're they're getting a little bit of income from their assets. And so for many people, the RMD is not really that big of a deal because they're already taking the money anyway. Okay, cool. If you have questions about that, again, 478-254-3550 or talkwithlee.com. All right, catch-up contributions. I know these have been in effect if you've know if you gotten over 50 years old and you want to make up some ground in your savings for retirement, there's always been that catch-up contribution, but they've made an adjustment here, right? Yeah. So in the past, if you were 50 years or older, generally speaking, you could contribute an additional amount of money to your IRA or even your 401k. And for an IRA, it's usually about $1,000 more per year than somebody who was under the age of 50. And of course, this number has crept up a little bit over time. Um, and for this year, 2023, uh, that catch-up contribution is is seventy five hundred. The total is seventy five hundred dollars per year. But the change here is beginning in two thousand twenty five, anybody between the ages of sixty and sixty three can make catch-up contributions of a total of ten thousand dollars. And so I, I know what they're trying to do here. They're trying to help people who may have gotten a late start in their retirement, sort of catch up in a little bit bigger way. But 
I don't know how much, you know, really this additional amount moves the needle for a lot of people because it's really just an extra $2,500 a year for four years. So a total of $10,000 of additional contributions. Yeah, I mean, the money's going to grow a little bit, but, you know, if somebody didn't start saving until they were in the 50s, I'm not sure how much an extra 10 grand is going to help them, you know, 10 grand plus the growth. Um, my gut feeling is that people who are great savers prior to this are going to continue to save more. And those people who've always found it a little bit more difficult to save are probably going to continue the same habits. That's just, that's my thoughts. Yeah. And again, as we talk through all these things too, with the Secure Act, a lot of these will uh, have to do with taxes. There's a lot of tax planning elements to these things, the RMDs, the catch-up contributions, saving for retirement, different types of accounts. But as always, a reminder that there is a book that you offer for people that want to start thinking ahead about taxes. Correct. Yep. It's called Diffuse. It's just a short book that that we, we wrote uh, to help people just be better prepared for increasing taxes in the future because we know what's going to happen. So if you want to get a copy of that book, text the word DEFUSE, D-E-F-U-S-E, to 478-475-2050. Just give us your contact information, a good mailing address, and we will send it out to you no, at no charge. All right, as we talk about four ways the Secure Act 2.0 might impact you, there was a lot of stuff that I think was already on your radar, Lee, as this thing was being talked about and proposed for, for a while before it actually was signed. But I don't know uh, how many people were prepared for this next one, the 529 plan, which has been a great tool for saving for college, but it does have the downside of that, hey, if that doesn't get spent on education, then then you have to pull it out with a penalty or whatever the, the fees are for that. But now there's an opportunity down the road now to move that money from a 529 to a Roth, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I didn't see this one coming. I don't know very many people that did. And and I think this is a pretty good one. For years now, I've always offered a little bit of caution for people when, when wanting to use a 529 for their kids or grandkids, simply because there's, I mean, there's no guarantee that, that a kid is going to go to college. Um, and I, I know this is one of the first thoughts that come to mind when somebody has, especially when somebody has a new grandkid, uh, they want to start contributing to to some type of college fund. But who knows if that kid's going to go to college? I mean, he he might want to be a drummer in a band. Uh, and if you you set aside thirty thousand dollars in a you know over time in a five twenty nine that's not used for college, it can, it can get a little bit complicated. But under this new law, it's possible that the child could start using some of the money from the 529 to make future contributions to a Roth IRA. Now, there are a lot of rules here, of course. The, you know, the main ones, the account has to be open for at least 15 years. And, and right now, there's a maximum of, of $35,000 of contributions that can go into that account. But overall, I think this is a, a really good thing. Do I think leftover money in a 529 is a huge problem for most people? Probably not, uh, but it does impact some people. And I think this is going to be a good way for people to eliminate some of that concern that they had about a 529 plan going forward. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes. And I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart. And you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. 
you're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right. Uh, one more here on our list. Uh, the changes to the company 401k match. Another you know interesting kind of outside the box approach to saving for retirement. And this one was that says that, hey, if you're... If you have a company that's offering a match for your 401k, but you're not able to earn it because you can't uh, contribute to your your money because you're paying down your student loans, as long as you continue to pay that student debt down, your company can still match. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this one was interesting to me. Um, and it's at first glance, it's sort of one of those that appears that the government is saying, hey, we're going to we're going to help take care of you. And we've got a plan to do so. And so here's, I think, the the problem that the government is attempting to solve. So the theory here is that many young people who are early in their working career and who have sizable student loan payments may not make enough money to make both loan payments and contributions to their 401k. So the government is saying that, you know, most people typically are going to choose one or the other. And so the, the stats tell us that about 67% of, of new workers, or as they call them, savers, new savers, 67% of those folks have student loans. And since they're likely going to choose to pay off the debt, they wouldn't make the contribution. So, so here's their fix. If somebody is making a payment to a student loan and they work at a company that offers a 401k, that 401k match from the company is going to be based on the amount of money that they're putting on their student loan instead of the amount of money that they're contributing to their own retirement plan. Um, you know, of course, there's still some plan limits that that people have to deal with. But my guess is very few people who are just getting a match, you know, from their student loans are going to bump up against any kind of contribution limits. So overall, I think this is a good thing. You know, the company was going to do the match anyway, so it really doesn't impact them at all. Uh, it just impacts the 401k balance of the person that has the the account because their money's not going in and and hopefully once you know they've got the debt paid off they'll shift those dollars from the student loan payment over to their company 401k plan so hopefully that that'll happen I, I'm I'm guessing some people will do it and some people will just not do it and increase their lifestyle um, expenses. And, you know, it seems to be the, the trend for younger people right now. Savings is not on the radar for, hmm. for a lot of younger people right now. And that's a little bit scary when you project out long term what things going to look like when they retire. Yeah, there's no question. Was there anything else from the Secure Act 2.0, Lee, that caught your attention that we hadn't talked about? I mean, there's several other things we probably need to at some point do a do another show to yeah. discuss. But yeah, we'll 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 address some of those at another time. It's it's just con, you know a little bit confusing. A lot of info, like you said, you know I, what I saw was over uh, well over 85 or so changes. So yeah, we'll we'll jump into those at, in in another time. And I guess you're also you know proactive about having these these conversations with clients as well. So. You know, if you have questions about anything that's in the Secure Act 2.0 or just want to learn more, 
don't hesitate to reach out to Lee. Uh, you can start with talkwithlee.com as well. That's a, the best place to go to schedule a meeting. Get right on Lee's calendar. But if you want to call, you can do that at 478-254-3550. But there is so much to go through here. But I think overall, would you say it's a positive? Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, again, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I've tried to figure out the best way to to educate my clients in a, in a manner to where I'm not giving them, you know, the same 40 something page document that I read, but just right. kind of parse out some things that are applicable more to, to my clients. And, you know, so, so that's why we're into the, you know, the, the 401k contributions and IRAs and things like that. And then the, the 529, because, you know, most of my clients have grandkids and that that's definitely a concern, but yeah, just don't be overwhelmed. Um, and, and if you've got an advisor, certainly they can help you walk through the things that are applicable in your, your stage of life that you're in right now. All right, Lee, let's shift gears to our mailbag. Got one from Olivia that came in here for you. I want to run it by you and get your thoughts on this question. She says, my income will be different once I retire in a few months. So I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do about taxes. Should I be making estimated payments every quarter? And how do I know how much I should be paying since I'll be in a different tax bracket than I was in the past? Good question, Olivia. That's a that's a pretty common question for people because they've never done taxes in retirement. Um, I would say that there's a very small chance that you need to pay estimated taxes every quarter when when you you know when you do retire. I don't know what your finances will be, but chances are when you retire and it, you'll probably draw social security, maybe take some distributions from your retirement accounts and when you do that you can withhold. I would recommend that you withhold taxes from um you know, the account that you're taking money from. Now, as far as how much money you should be taking, you know, it just depends on what your taxable income is going to be. And we use a, a very neat software, a very accurate software to help us project what somebody's taxes are going to be. If you've got an advisor, they should help you with that. But if you don't have a financial advisor or you don't need or haven't hired one yet, your CPA, whoever does your taxes, could probably give you some guidance on how much you should you should withhold. But no, I don't think estimated quarterly payments are um, probably something you're going to be doing. All right. We appreciate that question from Olivia and Warner Robbins. We appreciate your time. And if you have one for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can always send it in to us. MyRetirementClarity.com. That is the website. And if you want to schedule a meeting, the easiest way to do that is talkwithlee.com. And that tax question again, Lee, it's a great opportunity to promote that book one more time. Yeah, if you want a copy of the, the book that helps you be better prepared for increasing taxes in the future, text the word diffuse, D-E-F-U-S-E. We still have people text diffuse, D-I-F-F-U-S-E. Yeah. It still works, but but we are talking about diffusing a ticking tax time bomb. Text that word to 478-475-2050 and we'll send it right out and we'll pick up the shipping. All right, that'll do it for us here on My Retirement Clarity. Thanks for being a part of the show. And Lee, thank you for taking us through Secure Act 2.0. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. 
And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com and this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.